0: section two of the pilgrimage of etheria by etheria this librivox recording is in the public domain introduction resume of her journeyings the narrative as we now possess it opens in the middle of a sentence at the point where the pilgrim had already reached the megalithic remains at Kibroth Atava in sight of the mountain range of sinai it may reasonably be assumed that the missing part contained the account of her journey from her western home to constantinople from thence through what is now asia minor to antioch and on to jerusalem the events of her stay there apart from the description of the services which she gives later on at page forty five and following and her journey from thence towards mount sinai by way of clisma now suez and faran or Paran. She had just before probably ascended the mountain of Feran, where the hands of Moses were uplifted during the battle with Amalekat, Exodus 17, 10 following, and came down again into the plain, see page 22 below. By this time the mountains lie only four miles distant, and passing along the wide flat valley that lies between, they soon arrive at their foot on the western side sir c w wilson has no doubt that the peak which she calls the mount of god and made a point of ascending was jebel musa the traditional site seven thousand three hundred and sixty three feet high though it would actually be impossible for her to see what she was told she saw from the top page six like so many tourists she was misinformed she went also to what she was told was mount oreb where elijah's cave was and there she specially mentions the very earnest prayer with which they made the oblation thence they descended on the eastern side to the place of the burning bush where the present convent of st catherine is and after visiting tabara and several other sites she returned down the valley again to faran and so back after two days rest by a toilsome route across the desert to Clisma, where she was again glad to rest for a while when she had been in egypt before she had seen something of goshen as well as of the tybed and alexandria but she was now desirous to explore the route of the exodus more carefully she found it was no easy journey of four stations across the desert to what she calls the city of arabia identified by experts with the Thou of roman official documents or possibly bubastir and the district was apparently at the time unsettled and in military occupation however she was allowed an escort of soldiers and set out the route lay past apollium where there was a roman garrison then through two other forts migdal and baal zephon and onwards by way of etham succoth pitham another fort to Heropolis, then only a large village on a branch of the nile and within the borders of egypt the remainder of the journey into goshen was then accomplished it took her past Ramesses, which was only four miles from her goal the city of arabia which she reached on the eve of the epiphany in time for the services here she sent back her military guard as she was now on the high road from the tebaid to pelusium and would have no difficulty when she resumed her journey towards palestine At Ramesses Saft-el-Hene, which was once a great city, she found nothing but ruins remaining except two great statues cut out of one great Theban stone, and an ancient sycamore, famous for its healing virtue, which they called the Tree of Truth, according to the Bishop of Arabia, who had come out to meet her there. His account also was that Pharaoh had burnt the place to the ground in anger at the Israelites' escape etheria's route lay for two days right through the land of goshen along the banks of the nile and she was greatly struck with the fertility and beauty of this district in an article by miss Amelia betham edwards which appeared in harper's magazine october eighteen eighty six we read the following interesting comments on this this was before the submerging of the field of Zoan by lake Menzelah. Mazoudi, the arab traveller and historian of the tenth century thus describes it the place occupied by the lake was formerly a district which had not its equal in egypt for fine air fertility and wealth gardens plantations of palms and other trees vines and cultivated fields met the eye in every direction in short there was not a province in egypt except the Faym to be compared with it for beauty this district was distant about one day's journey from the sea but in the year two fifty one of the era of diocletian a d five thirty five the waters of the sea flowed in and submerged that part of the plain which now is called the lake of Tennis, and every year the inundation increased so that at last it covered the whole province we know that the late mrs mcclure considered this an additional corroboration of her conviction that Meister's date for the pilgrimage was wrong, and it is certainly a remarkable sidelight on the narrative if the date and the other statements are to be relied on. Between the city of Arabia and Pelusium on the sea coast, she mentions only one place that she passed through viz. Tatnes, which is taken as more likely to be the ancient Taphanes or Daphno than Tanis Zoan. But the two places were not far apart, and the relevancy of the extract just given is not affected. Without further description of her journey, Etheria arrived once more in Jerusalem she now proceeds to describe another expedition she undertook from there viz to make the ascent of mount nebo in the land of moab this time she was accompanied by several of the clergy and monks they crossed the jordan by jericho and passing through livias came to the mountain and having reached the top were much delighted with the panorama spread before them particulars of which she gives they then returned to the holy city her next tour was through jericho again and then northwards up the jordan valley until they came first to salem where they visited melchizedek's church and city then to ainan thisbe elijah's native place and the brook cherith and so crossing the jordan into the ascites uz where they made the burying-place of job at carnias or deneba the final point of their journey the church had been built by some tribune but left unfinished here again etheria refers to the thankfulness and joy with which she and her companions made their communion at the special oblation which the bishop offered at her request before they returned once more to jerusalem but there is a gap in the manuscript in the middle of the account of this tour after leaving the brook cherith they continued up the valley until they saw on the left towards phoenicia on the northwest a great and very high mountain which extended and there the gap begins and when the story is taken up again we are at job's burial place valerius chapter two mentions several mountains as visited by her which are omitted in our fragments farin where moses prayed with hands uplifted but that no doubt she described before our fragments begin page one tabor the scene of our lord's transfiguration Hermon, where the lord was wont to rest himself with his disciples and the mountain where our lord taught his disciples the beatitudes etc the shape of tabor which is conical and not very high does not suit etheria's description one would think therefore that it was part of the hermon range that she saw and that by the time she saw it she had returned east to cross the jordan the time had now come for etheria to return to her own country but still full of energy and desire to see as much as she could she determined to make a big detour from antioch which would lie in her direct course by land to constantinople and visit from there several important and interesting places in northwest syria and mesopotamia before turning her face westwards accordingly when she left antioch she went first to hierapolis and from there reached the great river euphrates which she can only compare with the rhone for its width and strong current they crossed it in a ship and came to bethne in and from thence arrived at edessa the chief goal of her desires where she stayed three days and had a busy and very interesting time matters of interest are involved in this portion of the narrative which deserve attention etheria expressly says she went to edessa to pray at the martyrium of st thomas the apostle whose whole body is there and when she arrived there she and her companions went at once to the church and the martyrium of st thomas she found the great and beautiful church had been rebuilt in a new form nova This the Emperor Valens had finished in 372, Sacra Hist 418. Her language seems, though not at all certainly, to imply that the martyrium was still separate from the church. The Chronicle of Edessa says the tomb was transferred to the new church in 394, when Cyrus was bishop, who had succeeded Eulogius on his death in 388 this again seems to corroborate the date we have accepted for her pilgrimage she visited many other martyria in the town but makes no specific allusion to the famous likeness of our lord though it is said to have been held in veneration at least as early as the middle of the fourth century she does however describe two other striking likenesses which she was taken to see though that can hardly be more than a coincidence viz the marble busts or images of king agbar and his son magnus in the royal palace page thirty three etheria gives us likewise an account that will be read with interest of what she was told about the letters of apgar to our lord and his answer this account differs from that of Eusebius, Easter Ecclesia, two thirteen, in mentioning the promise of Christ that no enemy should ever enter the city. Eusebius knows nothing of such a promise of immunity, though later historians relate it, see Bernard's note, page thirty six, and it was known to Ephraim Cyrus about three ninety. She also mentions that she had copies of these letters at home meister points out that rufinus's translation of eusebius historia ecclesia into latin was not complete before three ninety eight at the earliest from which he argues that copies would not be known in the west so soon as the date assigned by Gamuriani and adopted by ourselves but there may have been other sources or authorities greek as well as latin besides eusebius Nor was Etheria, perhaps quite so ignorant of Greek, as is usually thought, and her copies may have been in that language after all. From Edessa, she went on to Haran and stayed there two days, one of them being April 24, the festival of St. Helpidius. See note on page 37. She would very much have liked to penetrate farther east to Nisibis and then on to Ur of the Chaldees, but the bishop dissuaded her on the ground that that district was now in the hands of the Persians, no longer the Romans. See page 39 she was content therefore to go only six miles out and see the well from which jacob watered rachel's flocks at a place called fadana the padan aram of genesis twenty eight two she then returned to antioch and pursued her westward journey through cilicia till she came to tarsus here she made another detour by way of pompeopolis or soli and coricus both on the sea-coast in order to pay a special visit to the tomb of st thecla in isuria where she met to her great delight her dear friend marthana whom she had known in jerusalem see note on page twenty nine coming back to tarsus she made her way without further delay by mopsacrine which she calls mansocrine and under mount taurus through cappadocia Galatia, and bithynia until she arrived at chalcedon and stopped there for the famous shrine of st euphemia and finally arrived at constantinople there she visited the church of the apostles page forty four and many other of the martyria with which the city abounded and still indefatigable tells her beloved sisters that while she is preparing this narrative for them there and also it seems drawing up her account of the services and rites which she had witnessed at jerusalem she will not actually leave her home till she has crossed into asia once again and visited the martyrium of st john at ephesus If anything further remains to tell and her life is spared, she will relate it in person or in another letter. And so she brings her story to an end, which investigation proves to be as veracious as it is undoubtedly vivacious throughout. End of section two.